The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, episode 13. My ship hovered undetected high above Tython's landscape. I was crouched on the half-lowered landing ramp as the ship slowly glided. My cybernetic eye scanned the forest that was passing below me. I reached for my son using a mother's connection to her child. When I felt his presence, I frowned darkly. I jumped off the ramp using the force to slow my descent and landed neatly on my feet. I spent very little time on Tython, but I suspect that I was west of the ruins of Kalef. Through the rain, I heard the approach of footsteps. I blended into the force, watching a patrol of young Jedi jog past me unknowingly. I reached for my son again, pinpointing his location. He was fighting Zarin. He would not win. He was strong, but not that strong. Narrowing my eye, I broke into a steady run. It was time for this to end. Chapter 42, An Overdue Meeting Zarin, stop! Zarin whirled around, focusing her Miraluka gaze on me. I've not drawn my weapons. Yet. It's not me. I turned my gaze immediately to the unmoving form of my son. Zarin watched me closely, but she backed up a step. I went to Lancoro's side. I kneeled over my son's figure, my expression hidden inside the cowl of my robe. Behind me, Zarin was still in attack position, her blue lightsaber brandished in my direction. It was almost a cliché scene. Almost. The crack of lightning illuminated us. Rain beat down, warm and heavy. The grass beneath my boots and my son's body more puddles than ground, unable to absorb the force of the storm fast enough. He was alive, a relief. I snapped my gaze over my shoulder to my sister, the anger of a mother giving weight to my words. I abandoned Lancoro's figure and surged to my feet. Why? You know my aims! I only know you are a Sith. I would never have harmed you. But you would burn all that I stand for. Oh, you... Have you lost all reason? Your judgments hold no power over me, Dark One. Tempering back my emotions, I canted my head and studied her. I realized it wasn't that Reed was right, but that Zarin needed proof. For her, it would only come one way. Fine. If it is the dark side of the force you wish to face, you will have it. Your arrogance has blinded you. You will not beat me. Shut up. When our blades violently clashed, I could feel the disturbance in the force. This meeting between us was long overdue. I held nothing back this time and neither did she. The storm raged around us, a perfect backdrop to our meeting. And as much as I wanted to punish her, just a little, I couldn't let Zarin waste her strength against me. I would have to try and end this quickly. Our sequences were quick, powerful, back and forth, attacks, parries, and vicious counterstrikes that had yet to pause. But my sister's aggression would only go so far, and I knew it. She was confused, angry, and afraid of those emotions. I could feel them in the careful control she was deploying over herself. I had no such reservations, and there was plenty of passion sitting inside me tonight. 
I gave in to those raw emotions just enough and my attacks became more chaotic, more aggressive. With dual lightsabers, it could be deadly. To her credit, she didn't succumb right away. Sheer skill and instinct with the Force made her blade continue to deflect mine. But I was advancing, faster, closer, and we both knew it was just a matter of time. I lunged, jumped, and twisted, my lightsabers arcing down at her one right after the other. The second knocked the saber from her hand and forced her to one knee. In the next breath, I had my blades crossed against her throat. Zarin stared up at me, grim resolve on her face. You will never win. I arched a brow at her, slowly calling back the dark side that taunted me to kill her. Well, you better hope that we do. I pulled my lightsabers away from her throat and sheathed them. It's not me, Zarin. I saw in my vision you brought your armies to Tython. To protect it! You are not Jedi anymore. I placed my sabers back on my utility belt and pulled back by hood, exposing my face completely. It doesn't matter. You are my sister and I made a promise. That affected her. I knew it did. I could feel the conflict of her emotions. You do not use the light side of the Force. I did once. Zarin, he was our brother. He was family. I loved him. When my rage overcame me like that, I couldn't conquer what everyone was telling us to ignore and I would not be at its mercy. I had to know the dark side. But you stayed there. I like it. Then why are you here, Larissa? What did I feel? The Emperor is coming. He knows only one way to get more power, and that's through the destruction and murder of a whole planet. This one. When I learned of his plan, I knew it was a way to atone for what I'd done, and- This isn't about doing what's right. This is about your own guilt. Not just my guilt. I don't care if Tython are Korriban birds, but I do care about you. The Emperor's crazy and he must be stopped. And yes, yes, because of Kazrin, I owe a debt. I have to pay it. Then why are you fighting me? At first, I wanted to punish her for asking me such a stupid question. But then after a heartbeat, I realized she'd given up on me. The thought that I was beyond redemption had taken over her senses. She was having trouble with seeing me as anything but the villain. She was going to have to get over it. We had much to do. But still, I answered her honestly. You pissed me off? And I jerked my hand down at my son. Zarin glanced at Lencoro, still unconscious. He came for Mako. I told her... I know. He forgave her. He's a lot like his father. Zarin brought her gaze back to me and I knew she was studying me with her Miraluka sight. I did not hide from her. This is who I was. On Darth Angle's ship, you saved my life. Yes. Why? Tell me the truth. You are my sister. I would have died before I allowed him to harm you. Zarin stood rigid at my words. I was unsure what she'd do next, but I had never 
expected that she would step into me and wrap her arms so very tightly around me. I'm sorry. Zarin, I am so sorry. I took Kazrin from us. It was ridiculous in that moment how desperately I craved my sister's forgiveness. And now I understood a new way the torture that Malavi had gone through waiting for mine. It was that thought that pushed the single tear from my eye. Zarin said nothing at first. Instead, she simply squeezed me tighter, cradling me to her. You took both of you from me. But I forgive you. Chapter 43, Alliances It was a strange feeling walking towards the temple. Once I'd walked a similar path as a Jedi. Now I was anything but. More than a few young Jedi stared in my direction as Zarin and I passed. I'm sure it was odd to see me walking freely alongside a master. A medical droid carried my son to the medbay. I followed my sister into the Jedi Council's chamber. I was glad to see Elijah standing there among the judgmental faces of the other Jedi masters. I greeted him first, walking up to him and pressing my mouth against his cheek. My affection for Elijah grew when he put a quick arm around me and returned my embrace in front of his peers. You have been causing trouble. Only a little. One of the masters cleared his throat and I stepped away from Elijah, nodding at them all. I was faintly amused by their reaction at seeing one of their own so transformed. I wasn't the first. I was sure I would not be the last. Lord Virez, Master Tosh has alerted us to the situation. I hope my presence now lends truth to his words. It does, but we have concerns. Our time is short, but I'm listening. What will you do with your army should we succeed? We will leave. How could we be sure of that? He didn't bother to hide how much he disproved of my being there. I respected the honesty of his emotion. Because of her. My loyalty is to my sister. So long as she favors this planet, no harm will come to it. I do not approve of my sister's machinations. But I believe her. I can't say, Lord Virez, that you having an army of that power didn't concern us a great deal. I don't care. We will leave when this is over, period. Whether it is peacefully or not will be entirely up to you. We can't trust you. You've murdered our men on the battlefield. Good men. And you've murdered mine. This is the consequence of war. I've murdered the Empire's men just the same. I sat among you. I worked as your shadow. A job not for the faint of heart. I've seen your flaws. You're not evil, but you're not as good as you believe. Let's stop pretending, shall we? Whatever we've done was for the benefit of everyone. Our actions are selfless. Oh, your justification is pointless. The actions are the same, and you waste time. My army will protect this planet when the Emperor arrives. Whether we do it with or without your help is up to you. I could see I offended some of their egos. Against my darker instinct, I offered this. If it will make you feel better, I will relinquish control of my army during this battle to Master Tosh. I waited for Satil to motion that I could proceed, meeting the Grand Master's gaze directly. She nodded, and I tipped my head respectfully at her before I continued. The Emperor's flagship will never land. Lord Scourge will secure the hangar bay for our arrival. Captain Reed Daklin will fly. She will back up Commander McKeithia Daklin's Havoc Squad as they deal with the Emperor's troops aboard his flagship. 
Master Zarin and I will face the Emperor directly. Master Elijah will command my forces on the ground in conjunct with your Jedi. Understand when I say the Emperor's personal guard is ten times as vicious as any Sith Lord. They are fanatical in their loyalty to him. You will need as many Jedi on the ground with real combat experience as you have. Why would we trust you to be alone with the Emperor and Master Daklin? You served as his wrath. She could be walking into a trap. Unnecessary action, and one I intend to use against him. He forced me to watch my sister harmed. My rage eagerly awaits revenge for that offense. Sorry about Doc. Forgiven. I looked back at the council and could tell they were not taking this lightly, as they shouldn't. Still, I did not have the patience to suffer through their deliberations. Discuss this amongst yourselves. Elijah can speak for me. I have a battle to prepare for and a son to check on. About Lancoro. It was his fault. He knows better than to let his emotion claim him like that. A mistake we all make. I realized as I met my sister's gaze that she included herself in that statement. My expression briefly softened before I walked out of the room. I stood in the doorway of the medical bay, watching the droid monitor my son's vitals. He would be fine, I was not concerned. My mind was on the upcoming battle. My ship had been allowed to land, and I'd released Lieutenant Jorgen before I gave in to the urge to kill him. For the moment, I would keep my army in orbit, giving the Council time to come to their own decision. We would waste an advantage, however, if we couldn't get into position before the Emperor arrived. That meant they didn't get to deliberate for long. I heard the thud of footsteps behind me and I turned. Mako came running. What happened to- I slammed my fist into her jaw and she dropped to the ground. The sight of her bloody lip made me feel slightly better. Okay. I deserved that. I am not as forgiving as my son. Love him for the rest of your life and I'll allow you to live. I turned my back on her before a mother's protective instinct and the anger of the Sith combined and I killed her. I didn't know he was- And there went my temper again. I whirled on her advancing. He trusted you enough to put his life in your hands every day. Sought the light instead of the dark. Still you believed him a monster. Mako stared at the ground for a moment. When she brought her gaze back to mine, it was written all over her face, and I immediately understood. <sighs> because of me. You thought that of him because of me. It's not an excuse. I know his father is a Jedi. It wasn't... It wasn't just that. I owed Kaizen a debt. I had to repay it. Oh, what the frack. Emotion crashed into me at Mako's words. I hated it. And I hated her for it, because now that I had forgiven Malavi... I understood in a way I couldn't before, in a way that demanded I dislike Mako a little less now. I swear I want that to be the last thing between us. I love him. Lord Veras, I love him so much. Come over here and say that. Mako's eyes couldn't have moved faster as Lancoro's voice echoed out from behind me. She ran past me like I wasn't even there anymore. I turned to watch as she jumped onto Lan. He caught her, and it didn't appear he was letting her go. I was mollified further because she didn't look like she was letting him go either. I turned. I could bask in my son's happiness later. First, I had to ensure the Emperor didn't kill us all. Chapter 44 
Choke point. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Just shut up about it. I don't care. I don't. Don't ever leave me again. I knew she was really mine this time when she squeezed her arms around my neck. She was trying to wrap her whole body around me, and I was a big fan of it. I won't. I promise. You know me. Don't let anybody else tell you different. There will be time for that later, son. I opened my eyes to see my father standing behind Mako. I pressed another lingering kiss to her forehead, then released her, giving my father my full attention. Sir? Are you fit for battle? Always. I'm watching his back, too. Get your armor on, then. We have little time. When I walked outside the temple, I felt her before I saw her. Reed had a nice bruise on her jaw, but she was standing there in her typical arrogant pose, her hand on her blaster, waiting. I said nothing as I walked up to her. We shared a glance, and that was simply enough. We're good? A stupid question. I heard about Quinn. My face tightened. I wasn't ready for the force of that emotion yet, and the strength it took to keep it at bay robbed me of my voice. He better have died saving your life. He did. I didn't like him. Too pretty. You can do better. <laughs> I'll get the ship ready. She touched my shoulder before walking over to the Imperial shuttle that we put down on the small landing pad in front of the temple. Blizz had just climbed off, his ratty, rusty red robe more dirty than usual. I assumed it was because he'd just finished installing the crystals. Makethia was already there, giving orders to her Havoc squad. Eric stood beside her, one arm in a sling, the other held close to his side. The wounds I'd given him ensured he would not participate in this battle tonight. Another gift for my undeserving sister. Zarin walked up beside me. Ready? Let's go. I was walking up the shuttle's entry ramp when I sensed them. I turned to see my children standing on the temple steps watching me. There were battle-ready expressions on their faces, but I could feel the strength of their affection. I would use that, too, in the fight ahead. Will you be back, Mother? I promise. I held their gazes a moment longer, then boarded the ship. We'd been put into position and were waiting. The HK-24 droids with blaster rifles sat on the front line. The droids with the lightsabers guarded the front of the temple with Grandmaster Satil. Master Caden was commanding the Jedi. Dad stood next to him with the largest squad of the HKs, Nadia beside him. It was amusing watching General Pierce and Jaysa with them. Pierce kept eyeballing the Jedi like he was sizing them up and found them lacking. Jaysa was eyeballing a particularly young-looking Jedi, and I wasn't sure if she wanted to frack him or kill him. Possibly both. Tana and Galt had taken up sniper positions. Calio and Vet were trading cantina fight stories. Akavi and Torian were talking Mandalorian, comparing staffs. Blizz was standing on Bodar's shoulders, looking through a pair of modified macro-binoculars that could see into space. Vancito paced in front of me, his arms over his armored chest, his cape trailing behind him. Mako pressed into my armored side. I glanced down at her, the affection on my face hidden behind my helmet. We're taking a real honeymoon after this. We are, huh? I've got some serious making up to do. I was such a huge fan of that. Before I could give her the raunchy response that was on the tip of my tongue, though, Blizz shouted, they were here. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. 
I also encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we'll have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, click the link down in the description or go to dsc.gg backslash Crystal's Imagination. You can also join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show, where I talk with the cast about the episodes and related topics. We do those on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Crystal's Imagination, or just click the link down in the description. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Episode 13 features voice performances by Crystal Storm, Bunbarian, Jake Riker, Guama Harstenell, Adam Corman, Tara, Shelley McArlene, Ken Turner, and Hannah Cardiac. Sound work done by Hannah Cardiac and Crystal Storm. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode, so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create in.